0: You know why I do that, Nate? Because
1: every single time.
0: (laughs) Every time, Nate. No, you don't mean that. This is just the Advil talking.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Movies on the Side, and it's Merry Christmas season, Nate. This episode airs on December 1st. You have all eaten your turkey.
0: That's right. You're full of turkey, but not full of movie review wisdom <laughs> i was wondering where you're gonna go with that he's steven robles i'm hans gruber welcome to oh, movies on the side
1: you know i thought hans gruber was a famous composer but i think i was mistaken i think i'm thinking of schubert schumann Gruber? what mcgruber no 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 just stop stop zimmer hans zimmer now okay well anyway because it's december 1st and we are into the Christmas season. Nate had the wonderful suggestion that we do a, <laughs> a Christmas movie. Classic. I have always heard that this movie was a Christmas movie. And it was always kind of tongue-in-cheek, and I wasn't sure why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew it was an action movie. You know, the cover is like an exploding building. Right. So, you know, it doesn't, doesn't leave much to, to the imagination. But, uh, yeah, it takes place on Christmas Eve. So, for that reason, it's a Christmas movie. There is some Christmas... I mean, okay. Let's start right here. For our movie this week, we reviewed the 1988 classic Die Hard starring Bruce Willis. And Nate, this was the first time ever seeing this movie. I've never seen this movie before.
0: Welcome to the party, pal. Yippee-ki-yay. Hey, why don't you put some two beeps after that? Just like you beeped you bleeped me last episode, it sounds just imagine what I could have said. <laughs>
1: Listeners, I don't know if you heard, but I censored Nate. He did. During our Hobbs and Shaw episode. And he didn't say a curse word. I just want you to know it was not a <laughs> profanity.
0: Or did I? I mean you'll you'll never know. We'll never release it from the vault what I said in there.
1: No, we won't.
0: Just like we'll never know what Steven said after Yippie
1: yay <laughs> <laughs> I know that there are children that listen to this show. Families. This is a family show name. Family show. This is family entertainment. This family show. Because when you're here you're family. Hospitaliano and so we don't want to uh, offend small ears mm-hmm. whether they be adult small ears or child small ears we don't want to offend small ears
0: some people don't have earlobes that, that make ear. a lobe they just go directly into the side of the head <laughs> you know who you are I will just uh, are you judging them hey let's just insert the that clip from Waterworld so for those who have small ears and no earlobes that just go directly into the side and don't curve back up. This podcast is for you.
1: Nate, it sounds like you have some kind of vendetta or strong feeling about people that don't have earlobes. I don't uh, like when people don't have earlobes. <laughs> You're just stating it straight out there. Okay. I'll just, I'll just, You're just state that. my
0: discriminatory views of earlobes. Man. Just take your index finger and f- uh-huh. flick your earlobe. If no. it can't wobble back and forth a little. I can't trust you. Do your ears hang low?
1: Do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Yeah, check
0: if there's a gill behind your ear. Do you have (laughs) earlobes, Stephen? I should probably uh, know who I'm I'm dealing
1: with. I do. I have large ears, but I definitely have uh, distinguished ear lobes. But I'm wondering what percentage of our audience you've just alienated. So I'm searching percentage. I would guess that some people don't even know that they have
0: this condition diabolical mutation this condition until they look in the mirror right now and go oh, i'm lobeless so we have stephen robles not stephen lobeless see what i did there uh, it's truly terrible
1: <laughs> uh, apparently there's a 23andme article about earlobe types how does it relate to their trustworthiness mm, like the trustworthiness of beards okay. i'm gonna say it's 50 50 so you've probably alienated 50 percent of our audience all right
0: i i hold to it come at me
1: that's right how do we even get on earlobes? oh <laughs> profanity oh yes <laughs> we don't you we don't use profanity on the show we don't and the movie we reviewed this week has its fair share speaking of family friendly yes
0: Die Hard is not one of those movies so while the whole family can listen to this podcast I wouldn't recommend the whole family watch Die Hard.
1: now unless, unless you have one of the many services we've talked about which is vid angel or clearplay where you can filter out uh, those things or you catch it on TV which I think it's on TV every Christmas. I think a lot of people our age and maybe above Uh have
0: caught this movie on TV since 1988. I would say that it is a, has strong cable life.
1: Yes, I believe it does. This movie from 1988, Nate, I'm going to share with you the rotten tomatoes of this movie. I didn't look at the rotten tomatoes before I watched it because I wanted to Mm -hmm. have my own opinion about it. Mm -hmm. But this movie is a 93% Rotten Tomato score, mm-hmm. 94% audience score. This might be one of the highest movies we have ever reviewed <laughs> on this podcast. Right.
0: I believe at the time that it came out, Roger Ebert was like the only critic that had a negative review because well, he hated yeah. the police big inspector guy or the- Al? No, not Al. The the uh, The guy that's always angry at John McClane.
1: Oh, that guy. Well, I'll just, I'll just state right here. He was the weakest part of the movie. I mean. He can go- i think i might bleep that out just so the listeners think you said something nasty (laughs) great yes yeah no he's he's ridiculous yeah i mean roger ebert he's hard to please let's be honest i mean not anymore he's passed apparently later
0: he came back and kind of rescinded it oh because he liked the sequels as well i don't know
1: well as a first time viewer of this I i was excited to see what this was all about yes it's kind of a heist slash hostage situation movie. Right. Is that accurate? Yes. So I had, I had no idea what the setting of this movie was going to be. And so about 20 minutes in when I realized that the entire movie was just going to be in this one building, mm-hmm. I was ready. Yes. I was ready to experience Bruce Willis doing the, I don't even know what you call this, where he's just like the one man, like renegade. Right. Fighting off all these guys all by himself. Right. I enjoy that kind of plot. And uh, it delivers. Right.
0: Let's start at the beginning. John McClane flies in and goes to holiday, or I guess it's a Christmas party. It's a Christmas party. It's Christmas Eve. Right. This whole movie takes place on Christmas Eve.
1: At? Nakamoto.
0: Nakamoto. A company where his, I think, estranged wife?
1: Separated, maybe? I think they're separated, right. Yes, she has the career there. He's a New York City cop. Off the bat, as soon as Bruce
0: Willis, he talks to the guy on the plane.
1: After you get where you're going, take off your shoes and your socks. Then you walk around on the rug barefoot and make fists with your toes.
0: Argyle, the limo driver, picks him up. You're pretty fast, Argyle. <laughs> yep, he gets, he gets questioned by Argyle. He gets to the party. Pause right here yes is Bruce Willis as John McClane a likable character at this point in time in the movie
1: Uh, see I like him because I identify with him and Argyle where Argyle is literally harassing him with questions just drive the car man hey come on you divorced you separated (laughs) she had a good job that meant she had to move here
0: you're very fast Argyle he did sit in the front of the limo, though. I'm going to say that's a bit of an issue. If you don't want to be talked to, you should have sat in the back with your stuffed bear.
1: Fair enough. Uh, is he a likable character? I had not made a judgment call at that point. Okay. I was not sure. You were still waiting. Yeah. I, and, uh, and I'll be honest, <laughs> I still don't know if I like him <laughs> at this point. Right, right, right. He's a little crazy Yeah, in this movie.
0: It's true. So he shows up meets his wife his wife is being hit on by what i assume to be like this guy is the best because he is the worst this guy's name is ellis the guy who is constantly playing with the frosted donuts um, for those yes. i mean for the uh for the little the little small earlobes that are listening his head's <laughs> in the frosted donut
1: yes so to speak he is the worst he is the worst yes his name is ellis and my only note on him is Ellis is a dirt bag. That's my note.
0: Ellis will die in this movie. Yes, that's how these movies work.
1: I was I was waiting for the scene where uh, John McClane's wife was going to be caught with him, oh. but I think she's too smart for that. I think this guy was too much of a jerk.
0: So. Right, right. She kind of has no interest in him.
1: Well, on a side note, because this movie is in 1988, I love seeing the cassette tapes and hearing references to VHS tapes. Uh, those are wonderful references
0: i thought of you speaking of technology i thought of you early on because john mcclain shows up at this building goes to the security desk and sees in front of him a touch screen i'm not even sure if it is a touch screen (laughs) it is that is just a directory just showing like hey uh mrs gennaro uh her office is on the 30th floor right i think john mcclain said something like cute toy and i looked at that like are you is this a day where you were impressed that there was a screen that had people's office numbers on them? Absolutely. And a touch
1: screen. Touch screens were not like a thing. Was it a touch screen? I don't remember. It was, yeah, because he touched the names oh, yeah. and he like a little keyboard came up where he could type the first letter.
0: Yeah. So we get into the party. Yes. Christmas party going on. That's right. John McClane runs into his wife. Yes. Gets in an argument with her because she goes by her maiden name. That's right. And they kind of have a little bit of a spat. But during this time, he has taken off his shirt? Yes. Is there a shower in her office? Is that what was happening?
1: Uh, I think he was just changing from his uh, you know, airplane clothes, which okay. is a thing. You know. Okay.
0: So they have sort of a fight. And at this point in time, I would like to say John McClane not super likable for me at this point
1: no no i agree because i was
0: like man you showed up and immediately like started fighting with your estranged wife like not a good move
1: and right after that fight too he begins to refer to himself in the third person which for me is an immediate knock on someone's character <laughs> come on john yeah if you refer to yourself in the third person you have to uh, think about your life decisions That's not well it's not acceptable that's great john
0: good job very
1: mature. i have a, I have a small disagreement with this
0: i think him talking to himself is something that wins me over throughout the movie <laughs> for john McClane. maybe not the reference to himself uh-huh. but when you shoot a movie that is kind of lone wolf he is constantly talking to himself think john think right come on i guess what are you doing john what do you why are you here bring the cavalry and the, yeah.
1: He always seems so crazy whenever he does. He's constantly talking to himself and down talking himself. Yes, for real. So as he's pondering that fight with his, uh, separated wife, the bad guys come in. Yes. And they're Germans. They always, for some reason in this era of movies, it's either like Germans or Ukrainians, Russians or Russians. That's right. <laughs> right. One of those, one of those three. <clears throat> and they're doing some elaborate heist. Now we are introduced to the bad guys with two men coming into the lobby of that building. One of them being the computer guy of the group. Right. His name is Theo. I just want to state that of all the bad guy characters, Theo was my favorite. I actually liked him. So Kareem rebounds, right? Feeds Worthy on the break. Over to AC to Magic. Then back to Worthy, right? Boom! Two! two points. I,
0: yeah, somewhere between him and the long locks blonde henchman number two.
1: Yeah, the Fabio guy. I liked both of them. He look, you know, he's a little bit like the henchman from uh, Waterworld. Yeah, long blonde hair. It's true. Yeah, yeah, big guy. The guy that
0: one of the be- like everyone on this team. Either you're like one of the eight henchmen that has no personality and you're gonna die pretty quick, mm-hmm. or you are Ludwig von Koopa, Roy von Koopa, like your mini bosses. <laughs> and I love when right. mini bosses, kind of like Street Fighter, as you head up towards the main boss, they all have their quirks and personality types. Yes, And I am down for that, especially because the guy who takes over the security guard, right that one guy, has the most punchable face. I <laughs> rooted for his demise that whole movie. I didn't exactly yeah. remember when he died, but I was ready for it the whole time. He's the worst.
1: I thought it was hilarious when... The policeman, Al, first comes to the building, knocks on the door. That guy that you're talking about answers the door in kind of like a southern accent. Yes. I guess because the southern accent is trustworthy. Sure. Evening, officer. What can I do for you? Was, I thought that was hilarious. But yes, punchable face. Yeah, so
0: they, so they come in.
1: Yeah, so the bad guys, they take the hostages. John McClane realizes there's some bad stuff going down, and he's uh, trying to figure out what he's going to do
0: we meet we meet hans gruber yes who takes mr yakimoto that's right and takes him to his own office give me your hans gruber slash alan rickman thoughts by the way this was his first american hollywood film really he had previously only done uh stage performances in british tv he was 41 years old at the time and this was his starting role in hollywood
1: When Alexander saw the breadth of his domain, he wept, for there were no more worlds to conquer. Benefits of a classical education. Well, I would say he did an excellent job being a villain in this movie. I mean, he is the prototypical villain and that you want to see. Yes. In this kind of movie, opposite someone like Bruce Willis as John McClane. Like, I thought he was cold and calculated. And even later in the movie when he's making believe he's a hostage and is trying to trick Bruce Willis into thinking. Oh, man. You know, like he he does an amazing job. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought he was a great villain. I, I did a cursory Google search and apparently Hans Gruber is like one of the canonical great villain in cinema just over the years. So. And
0: did that make sense to you after you like did that? Did you nod your head and go, oh, yeah, I can see that.
1: Absolutely. I enjoyed him. And I assume you did, too.
0: I did. I, I really do. I think Hans Gruber is great. He's the right amount of not shouting all the time, which I think a a good villain uh, speaks menacingly, even when they're quiet. Yes, and is constantly thinking, but can you know every once in a while have like kind of a a shouting moment of anger, kind of flying out.
1: Yeah. So he was he was fun to watch being the bad guy. So the the first guy that Bruce Willis takes out the super blonde guy with glasses and uh, they get into a tuffle or whatever but he sends him down in the elevator and he writes on the sweatshirt, now I have a machine gun, ho 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 (laughs) right (laughs) and Hans Gruber like reads the sweatshirt out loud for everyone including the ho, ho 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 ho, I think that's hilarious now I have a machine gun ho 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 which apparently this first villain to be killed is the blonde, like the main, or the, the you know, the second boss. Right. Second boss bad guy. Long blonde haired guy's brother. Because he flips over a table and he's like, I want vengeance. He said, like, okay, wait a minute. He, he literally flips a table, a desk, and he says,
0: I want blood. You'll have it. Blood,
1: there it is. <laughs> and then later in the movie, uh, Hans Gruber, the bad guy, is like, we'll have him neutralized. And the blonde bad guy's like, well, I want him dead. (laughs) (laughs) Like It almost looks like Hans Gruber's like, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I I meant. (laughs) So it's around this moment, too, where we're introduced to Officer Al.
0: Or Carl Winslow from Family Matters. (laughs) Reginald Val Johnson.
1: When I saw him on screen, Nate, I wasn't sure what to think. I thought, is this going to be ridiculous or is this going to be great? What's your Family Matters background? By the way. Oh, well. Family Matters was just canonical in the Robles house, and we we watched it all the time.
0: Yes, okay, good. So all that. We're in the same place. I watched a ton of
1: Family Matters. Carl was his character name in Family Matters. Yes. Impressionable but also kind of like goofy? Sure. I don't know if that's a good word for it, but so I was curious how were they going to play that in this movie? But I just want to say, I thought he was amazing as this officer Al, and he was one of my favorite characters in the movie, if not my favorite. I am with you in watching this
0: recently. Again, on a plane, Al, he is a, a hero you cheer for. At the end, the, the brother pops out from under a blanket after you think everyone's fine and good, <laughs> and Al shoots him. That's the hardest that I wanted to cheer while watching this movie.
1: So the background is, you know, John McClane and Officer Al talk on the walkie-talkie throughout the movie, and they kind of develop a relationship over this walkie-talkie, which is great. Right. It's like script writing and movie making like They've never seen each other. They're just talking and they're relating as cops. I hear you, partner. In LA's finest to run it.
0: So light him if you got him.
1: Way ahead of you, partner. And towards the end of the movie, Bruce Willis asks him, like, why are you behind a desk? Something must have happened. And Officer Al talks about how he accidentally shot a teenage boy early in his police career. Right. And he's never been able to shoot anybody or pull a gun on anybody since. Right. That's why he chooses to be behind the desk. And so, man, at the end... The end when John McClane is holding his wife after you know all the bad guys are seemingly done and that blonde-haired bad guy comes out and Officer Al shoots him. Nate, what do you think I did at that moment?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Tell me.
1: You know what happens to me in po- in moments like that when I watch my wife. You cried? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> when Officer Al took that guy out like <laughs> and kept shooting him, I teared up. Yeah. It was an emotional moment. He was great. Yes, Officer Al. Al is juxtaposed
0: with the rest of law enforcement in this movie
1: that show a
0: level of incompetence mixed with cockiness that is hard to believe. Mm -hmm. Bruce Willis puts out like a help on the radio. I could not believe that they received his helpline and said, sir sir this is an emergency line please get off
1: yeah that was ridiculous
0: i can't believe that would exist right no
1: no that's crazy
0: if a guy calls and says even if he said like i am the gunman if he just said like people have guns it's a hostage situation at so and so a place and they're like maybe go check it out it's probably a prank a prank right a hostage situation is a prank
1: bruce willis at that point says
0: attention whoever you are this channel is reserved for emergency calls only uh, lady do i sound like i'm ordering a pizza
1: <laughs> it's, sir it's like, get off the line this is for emergency and he's yelling that version of unhinged bruce willis was hilarious i enjoyed those moments well and then when they send al to go
0: check it out and he's walking around that lobby and you think oh no is the worst guy in the world gonna shoot him the, the guy who's pretending to be the security guard now, and then he goes to leave. I think that's one of the best scenes of the movie because you know, Bruce Willis has called for help. He thinks help is on the way, and then Carl Winslow or Al walks back out to his car. Right and you think, "Oh, he's just going to drive away, and they, there will be no police help." And then he drops that guy out of the window onto Al's car.
1: <laughs> and Al, like screaming while driving in reverse, it was hilarious
0: right and then al calls it in it's like they turned my car into swiss cheese it was pretty good
1: though i I enjoyed that moment
0: do you believe that the police captain would be that upset with the bruce willis character
1: it's hard to say i mean because there's so many movies where there's a guy that wants to be in charge of the situation it's like the police chief Mm -hmm. or the lead negotiator and they don't want to listen to anyone under their rank about what to do. Mm -hmm. This is like a trope in movies like The Siege or Inside Man, like all those kind of movies. So it seems like maybe it would be like a guy having that attitude in the moment is realistic, but he plays it a little over the top, I think. Then when the FBI agents come into the picture and he's, you know, like wanting to make a good impression or, you know, try to be slick, like I didn't really buy any of it. So of all the, the police characters, I felt he was kind of weak
0: right because at the end of the movie when he comes out and that police officer's like McLean, we're gonna have to do some talking about here can you tell like property damage and all this stuff no way there is no way that this guy helps rescue all these people and bring down the bad guys and you're gonna be like the property damage you're gonna go to court for this i was like okay that's a bit over the top
1: yeah yeah he was unnecessary like i I don't even know if we needed him but anyway there's so much action A lot of explosions and fights and shootings. And I cannot even remember how many elevator shafts was a part of this movie. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Over time, Bruce Willis's white shirt turns kind of a dark green. Right. He's in that tank top the whole time. And that slowly becomes (laughs) nastier and nastier.
1: Yes. And then no shirt. Eventually, he gets to no shirt.
0: He gets to no shirt. There's a, a time where he's hiding behind glass. And there is an iconic line, shoot the glass.
1: And it took me a second, like, why are they shooting the glass? And I was like, oh, it's barefoot. It's barefoot. <laughs> like barefoot. And I kept getting mad at that guy from the plane. Like, that jerk <laughs> told Bruce Willis to take his shoes off. You did this. Fists with your
0: toes. Fists with your toes. <laughs> and the scene when Bruce Willis is taking glass out of his feet and drags himself into the bathroom, pretty viscerally effective.
1: Yes. I was like... Kind of flinching and like squinting because it was like, wow, that's serious. <laughs> yep. The scene though, just to go back when Hans Gruber runs into Bruce Willis and we're not sure if Bruce Willis knows that's the bad guy. Right. But we know that Hans Gruber thinks he is and, you know, Bruce Willis gives him the gun but has no bullets in it. Like a very good intense scene when you're not sure, does Bruce Willis realize this is the bad guy or not? Like right. very good tense scene. Put down the gun and give me my detonators.
0: This is why this movie is like an all-time great action movie, is there are many moments where, I mean, there's gunfire, and there's times where they're running through and shooting and fighting, but then it pauses and it slows down for moments like that. Moments where he's sneaking through the air vent yes. and the guy is like shooting holes in it yes or moments when hans gruber realizes picks up that picture and realizes that john mcclain's wife is his wife
1: right yeah that's a good that's a good moment john mcclain of the new york police department there's a scene where holly sees the hans gruber and the blonde guy like kind of being frantic and hectic and she turns to someone she's like oh john's still alive right She's like how do you know only John can drive somebody that crazy. <laughs> That's a good line. Yes, there was a nice touch when they finally got the vault fully open. Uh, "Ode to Joy" was playing in the background. Yes, and that was a, that was a nice touch.
0: Sixty million dollars.
1: After all your posturing, all your little speeches, you're nothing but a common thief. I'm an exceptional thief, Mrs. McLean. And since I'm moving up to kidnapping, you should be more polite. The final moments when Bruce Willis is facing Hans Gruber, Hans Gruber has a gun on him and Bruce Willis has the gun like taped to his back. (laughs) (laughs) That was a nice touch. Yes. This movie is not short. It is like two
0: hours and 12 minutes long. Yep. It takes its time. It has pretty slow pacing from time to time. It does. A lot of times of Bruce Willis kind of talking to himself right let me talk to you about a moment that i found laughably not as fun oh okay i think when bruce willis as john mcclain meets up with holly mcclain at the end right after they all die it may be the worst kiss in cinema history (laughs) i don't know if you remember this it is a face smash kind of built into a hug that looks like the worst And now we go to Romance Corner.
1: Ah, yes.
0: Steven Robles. I assume because you hadn't seen this one that you have not seen the sequels. Is that correct? No, I
1: have not seen any sequels.
0: First off, do you believe that their marriage lasts through to the future movies? I would predict
1: no. I would predict they get divorced. And
0: secondly, do you believe their romance
1: relationship? I mean, honestly, this movie doesn't tell you a whole lot about their relationship. So it's hard to be connected to them and even really form an opinion. But you have to. I'm asking you to form an opinion. No, no, I know, I know. I mean, I I don't think you get a payoff in the romance part in this movie. Like that, even that final kiss, it just seems like perfunctory. We have to do it because it's the first time they're together since the beginning of the movie. But I don't know. Meh. It's my opinion, I guess. Me, me, he says. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm about to rewatch the kiss because <laughs> I want to make a judgment call on this moment.
0: Perfect. I think it's right after Hans Gruber does fall in slow motion. <laughs>
1: Which? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's ridiculous. What in the world? <laughs> Sorry, that was a real. <laughs> A real-time reaction. I think when they started kissing, I just kind of like started doing something else because I just figured they were going to kiss. But that is a truly terrible kiss. That's
0: an atrocious kiss, is it not?
1: For Romance Corner, that kiss alone gets like zero out of five. (laughs) It's (laughs) pretty terrible. Oh, man. What do you say about Romance Corner?
0: Yeah, I would say I'm kind of in the same place. I actually don't remember from the sequels if they are together. I know his daughter, I believe Lucy McLean, is in... I've seen live free or die hard i think (laughs) okay the 2007 one i think it is the perfect amount for this movie she obviously cares about him greatly it's has they have one of those relationships where they don't work in peacetime but there is no one she would rather have rescuing her than him right a little bit of the speed uh keanu reeves sort of thing is like in a pinch mm. she sees him as like the ultimate hero but yeah when it goes back to normal peacetime which i think john mcclain does a good job through this movie of he's kind of hard on himself and knows that he's like not the greatest of husbands or fathers right he knows it, and there's a little bit of uh, self-awareness that's fun yeah he knows it after seeing this movie Stephen, do you have any desire to see the sequels
1: so this one was not on a streaming service available like for free.
0: Oh, you had to pay for this one.
1: You have to pay to rent it. So I paid whatever.
0: Thank you, Patreon supporters.
1: That's right. <laughs> we, I rented it for like three ninety nine. I would not watch sequels having to pay for them. But if the sequels were on some streaming service, sure. for the express purpose of reviewing them on this podcast, I'll watch them. But I don't have a huge desire to see you again. It felt like a good amount of closure. Right. I like I don't I agree. need to know more of the story. It, it ended. You know, the story ended.
0: Well, they have... So this is 1988. Die Hard 2 is in 1990. And I think that one gets really good reviews as well, but I've never seen that in my life. Okay. Then there's Die Hard with a Vengeance in 1995. Mm. And then I think it jumps a shark after that. (laughs) And it goes Live Free or Die Hard in 2007. And then A Good Day to Die Hard in 2013.
1: Yep, there it is.
0: Bruce Willis rocking the... The baldness. I'm looking at Bruce Willis and IMDb right now. I see there is an announced movie called McLean.
1: Ah, yes, I see that too. It seems Uh, like a Fast and the Furious uh, series. Steven, you and I might have a date with the movie (laughs)
0: McLean, and it'll be like we watched the, the first movie together and we watched the last movie together.
1: Oh, you think that'll be the last one, huh? When they
0: make it one word and they make it just the name of the hero a la logan mm. it's the last right one.
1: or uh what is it balboa what do they call it yes
0: that thing? yes yeah. yeah you're figuring it out
1: <laughs> uh, okay okay yeah i see the pattern do we have to see all the other ones before we see this one <sighs> i'm gonna be honest i kind of
0: want to see them maybe not for the podcast and like you said i wouldn't want to pay money to see them i'm assuming they're on some streaming service out there
1: well, that's, I thought that about Die Hard. I mean, 1988, it's not a spring yeah, I mean, chicken, if you know what I mean.
0: You're right. There's one Die Hard that's a PG-13.
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: and they, they took a gunshot for the famous line, the Yippee-Ki-Yay line. They used a gunshot to censor out the <laughs> the profanity <laughs> at the end of it in that PG-13 one. Yippee-Ki-Yay.
1: Listen, I'm looking at all of these movies, and believe it or not, the only one that is available to be streamed is Live Free or Die Hard. On Stars, okay. The the two Die Hard two and Die Hard three Harder. artist uh, with a vengeance. Those are all uh, you have to pay for them.
0: So Live Free or Die Hard is available on Stars, okay.
1: Yes, and that's two thousand seven. It might have some. Oh, good
0: I'm pretty effects. sure. I do like that one. I think has Timothy Oliphant. Okay, it's a bad movie, but I think it was good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in that movie, at some point in time, there is a man holding a gun up to the head of John McClane, or maybe to his body, Mm. and John McClane grabs the gun and shoots through his own shoulder into the chest of the guy who's holding him.
1: That's pretty intense. That's
0: a baller move.
1: I'd I'd see that. I'd see that. That's actually the PG-13 one. Okay. Live free or die hard. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, very nice. Last point in the Die Hard movie we're actually talking about for this episode, the moment when Ellis, the guy who, uh, the Powder donuts guy. Yeah. When he gets his own, yeah. how satisfied were you? Very. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was, I was actually afraid that it was going to be prolonged and he was going to somehow be like a mole between the hostages and oh, man. the bad guys. And so when he got his own pretty quickly, I was like, oh, thank you. I figure you're here to negotiate. Am I right? You're amazing. You figured this all out already. <laughs> hey, business is business. All right. Well, let's rate this movie, on a scale of zero to five, I'm torn here. I'll let you decide. I'm, th- I'm thinking of two different rating systems. The first, okay, zero to five glass shards, mm-hmm. and number two, zero to five elevator shafts.
0: Mm. Glass shards. Yeah. I like the smaller. I like the smaller bits. I like to be able to hold them in my hand, mm. in my brain. Shoot the glass.
1: <laughs> I'm going to give this movie. Uh, Oh, you know, I haven't thought about it till this very moment.
0: Oh, this is good. This will be a pure rating.
1: Yeah, I I want to to say four. I want to say four with the caveat of I would filter this movie, you know, especially if you're watching this with like teenagers or younger. Sure. Which I don't know if younger should even see it. Because even apart from the cursing, like there are a couple of moments where it's like, that's kind of. Graphic, And he is extremely bloody. <laughs> like Bruce Willis gets very uh, torn up, we'll say. Right. Uh, especially his feet. <laughs> so it could be a little gory, but uh, it is It is an interesting watch. It is entertaining. The relationship between Bruce Willis and Reginald Vell Johnson, Officer Al, mm-hmm. uh, is worth a watch. Like that's a really fun relationship uh, between the two of them. And it's a satisfying ending, you know, the movie ends and you get, the kiss is not satisfying between him (laughs) and his wife. No, no. That is atrocious. (laughs) I might have to bring it down to like three and a quarter or three and a half (laughs) just because of that kiss.
0: But remember Hans Gruber and then bring it back up.
1: Yeah, that's right. Hans Gruber, one of the best villains, I will say like, and he, he kept it good the whole time. There wasn't a moment where I was like, uh, he, he broke character or he was too cheesy. He was good the whole time. So I'm gonna give it a solid four. What do you say? I'm kind of between four and a half
0: and four for me. Oh. Watching it on the plane, I really did enjoy parts of it. hmm No, I'm going to say four. I'll say solid four across the yeah. board. Yeah. It is a good action movie. If you were to say to me, Nate, I like action movies, I think I would respond to you with, oh, okay, so I assume you like Die Hard.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think it just fits nicely. It has the tropes. It has the hero that's kind of outside of the law trying to rescue his wife and rescue hostages has a great bad guy and it has a bunch of evil henchmen that get what's coming to them throughout the movie. (laughs) Right. So I'm going to give it a solid four and I want to end the discussion of Die Hard with a very pivotal question. Steven Robles, is Die Hard a Christmas movie?
1: No. No, it's not. This movie's not a Christmas movie. Christ- Christmas has no bearing on any part of this plot whatsoever. The party at the beginning of the movie could have just an easily been just an office party. And th- you don't even see like decorations in the streets, you know, when the police are out there doing their stuff. Like you don't see any trees or garland or anything like this. This is not, this is not a Christmas movie, in my opinion. What do you say? I'm going to say yes. What?
0: It is a Christmas movie.
1: Nate. How do you justify this as a Christmas movie?
0: I think the Santa hat on the guy. I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) I think coming in for family, rescuing your family kind of fits in You mean what
1: Dwayne Johnson does in every disaster movie that doesn't take place on Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. No, I don't think it
0: needs to be Christmas, but I think there were enough choices that felt... I mean, it is in LA, so just as harsh as my stance on earlobeless people is if you're in a hot, warm climate, you're not really getting that, you know, what's the point of putting snowmen up? There ain't no snow there. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Florida boy.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: well, I know, I agree. (laughs) But I'm going to say yes. Just kind of give a dissenting opinion. I think it would fall into, it's as much a Christmas movie as there are several other movies that are viewed as Christmas movies that I'd say are just as little connected to actual Christmas.
1: Like what? Name one. Uh It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, well no, I disagree. I think the the whole angel aspect and showing him different versions what of what his
0: life could have been, that could have been any time.
1: Been. No, but it only happens at Christmas. A Christmas Carol, it's a wonderful life. Uh you know, all those
0: movies. Reach out to us on Instagram. <laughs> Tell us yes. whether this is a Christmas is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Let us know on Instagram.
1: That's right. Instagram.com slash movies on the side. We did not say a word about a top five this week, Nate, but I have one prepared. Oh, wonderful. Top five Bruce Willis movies. Can you do that? Oh, yes, I can. I will begin with one honorable mention. I am putting, I'm putting Die Hard in my honorable mentions. Okay. There you have it. Uh, I have
0: Armageddon in my honorable mentions.
1: Oh, I'll add that to my honorable mentions as well.
0: I think he's good in Armageddon. Yeah, I agree. I think we, we've talked about Armageddon. I do not like Armageddon. I do not like it in a bus. I do like Bruce Willis in the movie.
1: That's right. Listeners, you should go back and listen to our Armageddon episode. Okay. My number five is the movie Looper opposite. Uh, what is that? Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. The movie? Yes, that is my number five. I kind of want to see that movie again. I would too. We should do it for the show. All right. I think it's very
0: time know. travel based, which I think is every other movie we review.
1: <laughs> it's, it's at least 15% of the movies we do. Absolutely. I'll give you that.
0: All right. My number five is Surrogates. Oh. So it is not that great of a movie, okay, but it has good. extreme sticking power for me. Oh. And Bruce Willis plays a very nicely, he plays a great character who has lost uh, his love in somehow. Either they're estranged or he's made mistakes in the past or he's mourning the loss of a loved one. It has uh,
1: Rosalind Pike. Mm.
0: She is his wife. She is great oh, no. in that movie.
1: My number four Bruce Willis movie is The Jackal, where he's like a arms dealer. Have you ever seen this movie?
0: Never seen it.
1: Oh, man. He is There are a ruthless. lot
0: of these I have never seen.
1: He is ruthless in The Jackal. I mean, it was on TV. I think Jack Black is actually in a scene in that movie. It was pretty intense. But anyway, The Jackal It's my number four.
0: My number four is Red. I believe that Red is a sneaky, sneaky good movie. Mm, it has John Malkovich, Helen Mirren, Morgan Freeman, I believe, is also in it. Okay. Retired CIA people, Red, playing Frank oh, Moses. Red.
1: My number three is Sixth Sense, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, kind of the movie that put him on the map. I, mean, I think everyone agrees it's a pretty good movie.
0: It put M. Night Shyamalan on the map.
1: Well, well yeah. yeah. No, but, no, but, no, no, no. M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. And it also put, uh, what was it, Haley Jo Osment? Is that his name? Yeah.
0: Yes. Great that you mentioned it, because my number three is also Sixth Sense.
1: Oh, we share it. Very good. I
0: saw that movie at a friend's house at a sleepover.
1: That's terrifying.
0: Can you guess how much sleep I had that night? <laughs> One hour, if that. If that. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... Oh. The lights never went out in the basement that we were sleeping in that night. For sure.
1: That's terrifying. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. All right. My number two is the war movie Tears of the Sun. You ever seen this movie? No, I have Tears of the Sun. I find Bruce Willis in a war movie is a good match, a good pairing, if you Mm, will. It pairs nicely. Pairs nicely. Uh, I enjoyed it. That's all. So give me your number two.
0: My number two is Unbreakable. I have not seen Glass or these other splits or any of these other ones. No. But Unbreakable, either. Bruce Willis, is good.
1: Yes. Yes, I agree. And Unbreakable is my number one. It is probably my favorite Bruce Willis movie. Yeah, it was just really impressionable. And I like M. Not Shyamalan a lot of what he does. I have not seen the Glass or the split ones either, but Unbreakable... I thought was pretty great. So Mm. I put that as number one. But what is your number one? My number one, Stephen, is Die Hard. That's preposterous, Nate.
0: (laughs) Let me just, I don't think I, maybe I didn't make it clear. I'm not sure anyone else could have played this role of John McClane. I think he embodies John McClane so well. He's got the crazy eyes. He's got the little quips. It's it's like I don't want to be a hero but I have to be. I think he's great in this. Like great enough that that's why I want to watch more die hard movies because the character of John McClane, I love it. And I think Bruce Willis does a great job. Like is no I would say in the top 100 action heroes, he's got to be up there in the
1: top 20. Nate, I'm going to name 3 actors that could have played John McClane. All right. Dwayne Johnson. Nope. <laughs> Mel
0: Gibson. Nope. Wait, hold on okay. a second. Dwayne Johnson. Too big, too hulking, too like, not like cop from the streets. If he was like, he wouldn't be the kind of guy who was like, had to hide from this band of 12. Dwayne Johnson would come in with like guns ablazing and just manhandle some people like he did in Skyscraper.
1: Mel Gibson. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Mel Gibson. Young
0: Mel Gibson. Couldn't handle the role by himself. Couldn't be the lone wolf. Wouldn't make sense talking to himself. Doesn't have that kind of charisma. He's great, but doesn't have the charisma just sitting by himself back against the piece of metal, looking at how many bullets he has and trying to pump himself up to start again.
1: All right. I got one more chance here. All right. I want you to think about this one. Okay. Denzel Washington.
0: Hmm.
1: Think about how much you love him in Deja Vu. I know. As a cop.
0: You've done. Okay. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me picture it. <laughs>
1: uh huh. Uh huh.
0: Denzel would be good.
1: Denzel. Denzel could do would it. be good. He could do it. And he can be crazy. We know he can be crazy if we wanted to. Be. Denzel. Hmm. I, I putting him in all those scenes. I think he could do it. Okay. All right. Maybe Denz.
0: Maybe Denzel. Maybe <laughs> Denzel.
1: I'll settle for a maybe. One out of three, I'll settle for that. The one the one scene that is hard to picture is when all the hostages are on the roof and Bruce Willis is trying to tell him to get down. And he's shooting the gun in the air. <laughs> it's like shooting the gun straight in the air. That's a little harder to imagine Denzel doing because like, that's really an unhinged moment. But I mean, he could do it. Right. But, But I'll give you that Bruce Willis has that. Cr- right.
0: I think he's got like, I guess I just trust that Denzel will make good decisions all the time. Where I feel like right. Bruce Willis was a little bit more conflicted and was a little bit more unsure of what the right decision to make was. You didn't believe that everything that he did was perfect. And I feel like when I think yeah. of Denzel as an action star, I picture him really doing the right thing all the time. So that might be my greatest knock against Denzel in this role.
1: Okay. I still think he could do it. he could do it. I think he could have done it. It might have been a slightly different movie.
0: There are a reason there are six more Die Hard movies. <laughs> I'll
1: use that as well. I also, yeah, I'll have to see some of those and see if Denzel would fit. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was a good good little experiment. Could Harrison Ford have done this?
0: Kind of Air Force One is back in 1988, Harrison Ford? The kind of fugitive?
1: That's That's a good thought. I think he could have. I think some of the hand to hand fight scenes with either Denzel or Harrison Ford, wouldn't have been as frenetic. Right. You know, I think Bruce Willis really brings like a crazy energy to those moments.
0: There's, a, there's an athleticism to the way he moves yeah. that I feel like you can't teach. He's just like... Yeah, but, but I think it's possible. I've never looked at Harrison Ford moving even at his coolest and went, oh, you're a really athletic dude.
1: <laughs> you move your body super well. Right. Yeah.
0: You have great control over your your limbs.
1: Yeah, I get that. That's a harder sell. Well, listeners, first of all, tell us is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Comment on the Instagram when it goes up. Movies on the side on Instagram and Twitter. And tell us who could also play John McClane. Do you know an actor or actress that could play this role in Die Hard? Let us know. And also, Give us a five-star rating in Apple Podcast because uh, it's been a minute since we've gotten a review. Nate's dad can only give us five stars so many times for it to count.
0: (laughs) He only used so many burner accounts. (laughs)
1: That's right. So uh, give us five stars in Apple Podcast. We would appreciate that. And, of course, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash movies on the side. We have a little community there, and we have a bonus episode every week. This week, Nate recounts his LASIK eye surgery in detail.
0: A harrowing tale.
1: A harrowing tale. He's not blind, though. No, no, don't worry. Or maybe maybe I shouldn't say that. Should we leave that as, a uh, as, did Nate go blind? That's the BuzzFeed headline.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the list of the 50 greatest movie action heroes of all time. Yes. Number one, James Bond. Number two, John McClane. Number three, Jason Bourne. Number four, Indiana Jones. Number five, Ellen Ripley. Number six, John Rambo. Carry on, carry on.
1: You know what's sad is Dwayne Johnson needs a franchise besides Fast and Furious to be that solo action star because he's in all these like random disaster movies and such, but he's not going to have like that series of things like Rambo or John. Can I tell you something controversial?
0: I think Jason Statham is a better action star than Dwayne Johnson.
1: I liked him in Transporter, but better. I don't know.
0: And the Meg? How about the Meg? (laughs)
1: We'll have to leave that for another day. I'm not sure. I'll reserve judgment.